previously on the Simply Human podcast. I get asked a lot of times about, you know, ketogenic diets. Right. And, um, you know, so what I'll tell you is the actual answer is um, no one knows enough about nutrition. Um, I've tested so many people. I never found two people that respond the same way to food. Golly, yes, that is such an important point. Yeah. It's episode 197 of the Simply Human Podcast with your host, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, very excited to have Kathleen Trott. She's a fit. Why did your voice get all high? So excited. I'm such a man. Rage of my Martin Short guy, Ed Grimley. Yeah. Which I did. <laughs> Martin Short. Oh my gosh, classic. Kids today don't know Martin Short. He's in, Steve Martin's over seventy. Martin Short's like sixty-eight. Yeah, it's, it's what happens. The Earth does another rotation around the sun, and we all get a year older, Mark, and a, a year closer to death. You're closer to being worm food. <laughs> um, back to Kathleen Trotter. Yes. She's a fitness expert, media personality, personal trainer, writer, life coach, certified Pilates and Eldoa instructor. We'll ask her about what that is. An overall health enthusiast. Her passion huh. is motivating others to find their fit and works with clients ranging from endurance athletes to individuals living with Parkinson's disease and osteoporosis. I'm confident. Oh, wait. Sorry. That mm. was, I was just reading the email. That was some message to me. <laughs> <laughs> Go after yourself, San Diego. She, she, she has a book. You're future fittest self making choices today for a happier healthier fitter future you i feel like that i got this email and i thought now see this is a good fit for our show <laughs> what she's not gonna talk about how you can <laughs> your way away from stage four brain cancer oh, huh open up the document and put bleep rick 145 because we are trying to be good and polite. You are trying to be good. I am not. Yes. Um, By the way, I must say, before, if you have something to get into, but I have to say really. something. Your twin brothers, Brad and Jeff, yes, older brothers. That's what, I, want, that's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. On Saturday. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, it was really, really good to see them. I hadn't seen them in quite a while. Saw your parents. Saw a song and performed a song for everyone and i have to say okay bravo really yes i mean it was a long song it was like hey jude but uh i don't know if you've watched the video that i'm sure your mom took of me in the background i am because i listen uh there are not that many people in that room who go back as far with brad and jeff as as i do I'm not just not laying claim I'm the greatest friend that ever had, but I've been, I mean, I've known them as long as I've known you. Yeah. I've known them for 25 years. I, well, plus. I'll let you finish and then I will say something about that. But so I was, I knew all like these subtle, most of like these subtle inside jokes <laughs> making out in the van. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Which I think and we've told about most I, of I these. I dolphin laughed my way through that entire thing. Okay. Like I was uncontrollably laughing and to the point where, I was like, okay, people are looking at me, wondering why I'm laughing so hard. But man, it was uh, that was good. You did a fine, okay. fine, fine job organizing this. Thing. Well, I will. Oh wait, oh man, I thought the link was right here. Hang on, I'm gonna pull something up. Um, okay. but when I was writing the song, I knowing that you were gonna be there, I will. <laughs> I will say that I was nervous. My biggest fear was like. Doing the song, me crapping on it, and then you like not thinking it was funny. <laughs> Seriously, like I, that was a big part of my, of like I was writing it. Like, oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't. I hope well, Rick doesn't make you. fun of me. Flying colors. Okay, uh, I only wish that I had uh, one human being in my life that cared about me that much to write a song for my birthday. I'll write you a song for your birthday. I could write us. I could write just as long of a song about you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, you know what? Uh, you have another. You have a year and a, a, year and, uh, a and month. Days. Yeah. Uh, actually, a year and eleven days yep. before my fortieth birthday. Okay, I'm I'm work on it. I want you to compose a song and uh, to be debuted on the podcast. But hey, I have an idea. What? Let's plan this out a year and eleven days in advance. Okay. We do 
that podcast, me and you in Oh person. my gosh, that would be awesome. Yeah, let's figure that out. Let's do that. Hold on. I'm trying to, how do I get, um, I might have to edit some of this out. I'm trying to get, I've done this before where, where YouTube will come through the, the mixer. Why isn't it coming through the mixer? There's a setting. Oh wait, maybe it's in preferences. I will also say this too, that yes. no one else in the room, like there were some stories that maybe they've heard of or something, but you're the only one that has been there for all of them. I think the only other person that could have been possibly in attendance that would have understood the the depth and breadth of your <laughs> stories with maybe Jackson or if uh, Brad uh, Brad Holden was there. He and he came out to Brad Holden. Let me let me tell claims you. to never know, but he's always texting us about it. So well, let me let me tell you a quick because I'm I've got it here. Let's see. Hang on. Let's see if this works. Okay. I, I can. Okay. But before we do that, Brad Holden came after everyone left. Man, I was so disappointed that I didn't get to see him. Let, let me tell you what he what he did. <laughs> he uh, like so we're all sitting around and it's I don't know five or six o'clock maybe four four or five somewhere in there, and we you know uh, we'll have a glass of bourbon uh, you know at, at the at the, end, at the end of a day you know, sitting there and all just sitting around my brother all my brothers <laughs> my dad we all have some bourbon and we're. You know, I, I'm, as we've talked about on the show, I'm a little bit of a whiskey aficionado. Oh, I read a book about whiskey. I, I, read so I, a, I read a book and a half about whiskey. And so it's like I, I'm not a stranger to the whiskey drink. Okay? And Brad, and I guess... I my chest. <laughs> and, I guess and I guess Brad is. It, he... So I'm, I'm sitting there and I get up and I go, I don't know, do something. And I come back down in there and like I'm, I look down at my whiskey and there's like something in my drink i was like what is this? there's like dirt or sand or something in this what like, what is happening look at this i'm showing everybody what is that no it's nothing it's no there's something in there maybe it's the ice maybe the ice or the ice maker is like had you know the water wasn't filtered uh, maybe what, what, what? some of the peat uh some of yeah. the sediment uh from the peat there's uh, no sediment in peat it's the spirits and they, uh, the, no uh, there is no sediment in whiskey so I pour it out out the sink, thinking that the ice ruined it. So I get I get the different ice out of the cooler. It's a different ice source, and I put it in there, and I put the thing in. And I'm walking around, and I come back, and there it is again. And I'm going, what is that? Like immediately, it's like it's like if somebody put a pair of scissors in a hamburger. It's that like, it's that noticeable, you know? And Scissor. like hamburger. just something like I don't know, like sunglasses in a pizza. Something that's like you're not just gonna like miss that. You're gonna go. There's scissors in my hamburger. That's weird. I'm not gonna drink. I'm not gonna eat this. There's scissors in it. Well, finally, I Brad was like trying to pour digestive enzymes into my whiskey to like make me poop or something. Rick, are you still there? Are you there? Way to go. Your computer died. I don't know what happened. It's plugged into the wall. Our computer is so ancient that the, the battery, it will, it literally, you have to it'll, have it plugged into the wall. So. It'll go like from 20% to zero. In no, like it second. won't turn on if it's not plugged into the wall. It gives you a, a pop up that says, Your battery doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> so dead, it won't even, yeah. What so. did you hear me say? You're talking about sunglasses on a pizza. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what, what, <laughs> I finally got Brad to admit. He was he was oh he had these little capsules of digestive enzymes and was like pouring them into my whiskey like as a joke to try to make me like poop or something. And I'm like you that it's like it's to, totally it was like sand in my whiskey drink. Like what and Jen I, when you cut out Jen walked by and she was like we did that when we were like 12. She did not think that was funny because I wasted like you know a couple of of whiskeys. That stuff isn't, you know, it's not like water. It's expensive. It's like what is he doing? Digestive enzymes, like you moron. Anyway, so hold on. What here's Jen's uh, take? Uh, Hot sports opinion. Um, not only did I think that was ridiculous, but he needs like psychological help. Who is almost 50 years old? Oh, he's he's 40. <laughs> mm, 
he looks 50. Oh! <laughs> He'll never listen to this. Who is almost 50 years old, wants to talk junk about someone's podcast, and then walks around with a half-open pill in his front <laughs> hoodie pocket? Oh, I just kissed her. I ambush kissed her. Did you hear that? That was me kissing her. Hashtag me too. Mark, way to go. <sighs> anyway. Oh. <laughs> I think that's how that works. Um, want to play your song? Yeah, well, not the whole thing. Time to play the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you just you're sounding. I'm sounding. You're sounding weird in my headphones. Or did you? Weird did, or bad? That, like you're now. You're just coming through my right headphone. Did part of your thing come undone? There you go. Oh wait, maybe that was me. Talk again. Uh, hello. There we go. Okay. Uh, hello. So, I don't know. I want to. I want to play the part about uh, the the. The movie and then the <laughs> the the phone call. So let me try to find it. Okay, okay. We all like Superman. We all like gooey biscuits when mom bakes them in a pan. We all like watching movies, but silent you should be. Or Brad will try to fight you and you can very clearly hear you laughing, and you're in the background, and you, you said "silent." You should be. That's what you I was knew like, well, it. Well, you, you clapped your hands and disappeared behind the couch because you like <laughs> fell down onto the floor. <laughs> and I will say this: my daughters just cannot get over how much they love your laugh. <laughs> they kept oh, talking about so it, died. even tonight. Well, the, the story behind that—it's a very short story—is we were all me and you and Brad and Jeff, and I think Jackson was probably there too. Probably. I'm Saturday night at your house. Very typical what we were doing. And uh, we were watching Aliens. And Brad, <laughs> you know how everyone listening to the show, how Mark uh, will sometimes what we call urban out. Yes. Like when uh, he threw the spaghetti all over the place. That's famous story. Well, Brad does it twice as hard, twice as, as quickly. His temper is half as long. And so uh, we had just started Aliens 3, and it's like the title scene, like nothing important. And uh, I don't remember what I was saying, but I was just talking over it because yeah. I knew it was making Brad so bad. <laughs> well, it, it was like, it's like mystery. And stood up and just screamed, and this is like 11 o'clock at night. Grab it! I am trying to watch Aliens Part Three, starring Sigourney Weaver. And his like face is like all the veins in his face gets red. It was awkward. It got awkward there. God, for a second. we we got so much mileage out of oh that, and also the rabbit, the cartoon rabbit. Hey, turn up your uh, level one a little bit. Um, on the bottom turn left, your level, level two, no, up level one, but. Uh, Oh, you were doing like the Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing. That's what, you know, you just, you've always got like a little comment like, oh, like that would really happen or, you know, some hypothetical and that's what was killing Brad. <laughs> so there was that. And then there's the, see if I can find the, uh, uh, the, the phone call, which we've told on this story. It's true. <laughs> there's Rick again. Don't talk. Sorry, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> that Honda was a five speed. Yeah. Together till we die. The audio changed a little bit. Here. You laughed pretty hard at that one too. Okay, I think this is it. Yeah, this is this is the phone call. Brother Jeff on the phone, chatting with his sweetheart. <laughs> Plan was to disrupt <laughs> romantic chatter with a loud fart. <laughs> the dear brother Brad burst right through the door, turned around and pulled his pants down. Then <laughs> poop right on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it was so funny because Jeff like sang the last line along with me because he like knew like what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, that was a classic yeah. too. <laughs> Brad pooped on the floor <laughs> <laughs> trying to fart. Anyway, well, that was fun. It was great seeing you and uh, yeah, so great seeing time. your boys. I haven't seen your boys. Halen remembers when we met at the park that time. Oh yeah, that's right. And Hope didn't. 
she was like, I don't, I've never seen him. And I was like, no, he yeah, really you little. have. Yeah. And uh, Halen was like, no, we, we met them at the park once. And I was like, very good. That was like five years Gosh. ago. Yeah. That was a while ago. Oh, so we get there and, uh, the boys are like walk. We're walking to the house, and like you got there early, and your oldest. I was like, "Hey, y'all, just don't try to just try not to break anything, right?" Like it's kind of joking. He immediately yeah. was just like, "I'm not making any promises." <laughs> 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 so that was pretty funny. But anyway, um, okay, so it was fun. That was a good time. Forty, and yeah, it was. Uh, it's kind of crazy to think in another twenty years, which twenty years ago didn't seem that long ago. They'll be sixty. Yeah, in another twenty nine years, they'll be eighty nine. No, I mean twenty nine years from now. Oh, from now. Okay, I see. What you, I see what you oh. mean. Yeah, that's the that's yeah. the real treasure. There you go. That's the birthday that I'm going to sing you a song. Nice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get to Kathleen. Uh, I'm excited. Let's use a sixty nine joke to segue into <laughs> our guest. I'm excited to be here, and this is going to be great. Awesome. Well, let's just roll right into it. I'll. Uh, I'm. I'm already recording, so let's just okay, um, talk about now. One thing that we always do is we try to we guess our guests' birthday. Yeah, I know but that's it, a little bit of a dangerous thing to do, especially with women. Yeah. Eh? Well, we don't guess the year. We're just we're just going for the date. Uh, we're nine hundred and seventy. Yeah. <laughs> 21. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not, since it's just me, why don't you just tell us what your birthday is? Um, my birthday is, I'm 35. I turn 36 um, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Um, right? Yes, I have heard that many times. <laughs> You're a, you're the Star Wars birthday. <laughs> no, I was just thinking because you know what I did yesterday was go and try the Peloton store in Toronto. Yes. And when so you asked me about my birthday and really where my head went at that moment was just I'm trying to decide if I should buy myself a Peloton for my birthday. You have to. And I'm thinking like, okay, that's three months away. How much money do I have to save by them and or is by May in order to make it worth right. it? How much money can I ask for like from friends and family <laughs> who like normally give me like a twenty dollar gift card here and there? Right. Right. And I just like, can you give me cash for my Peloton? Yeah. Um, so yes, that was that little pause when you asked me about my birthday. I was like, oh, it's oh, so it's soon. So close. You you know what? I think you should buy it for yourself. You only live once. YOLO. And... That is very true. Well, and also, so I have a studio in my home. I'm, I'm a personal trainer and I have a studio and I think that my clients would love it as yes. well. And right now I have my triathlon bike on a stand, but I'm the only one who can use that. And, right. this, and the bike is not, it's, you know, it's great if I'm training for an Ironman to be able to ride my bike indoors, but I'm not training for one this year. And, you know, a, a road bike is much less comfortable than a nice little Peloton. So I'm thinking that I would both like the Peloton, but yeah. also it'd be very useful. So there you go. It's a, it's a business uh, investment. It's, it's a win-win. Yeah. Business. Yeah. So I know, you, I've been trying to convince them all day that it's really <laughs> totally for everybody else and not for me and that it's justified and right. that I'm just a wonderfully nice human being, very kind to all my clients. <laughs> I, I found that when there's a big, ex, like a big uh, expense like that, that I'm excited about, like right, I've been mountain biking a lot and, and there's this mountain bike that I really wanted. It's like once there's this point, there's a middle point where it's like, okay, you've already, you made the decision. You quit yeah. fooling yourself. Just go out and just go do make it. the purchase. Well, and it really does fit into my philosophy of health and wellness, which yes. is that you have to make things convenient uh, because, you know, the quote unquote best workout that you never do uh, is mood. Like the benefits of the consistent workout that you do, even if it's mediocre, is going to be better than the perfect workout that you never do, you know? Right. So I'm really into convenience to make things consistent because I think that for most of us, we don't need complex workouts. We need consistent workouts. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and I'm also really into making things fun and enjoyable. And that was one of the aspects of the Peloton yesterday I really liked. Like, you know, you just sort of dance in a way to the music. And yeah. and it also adds that sort of friendly competition if you want to compare yourself to others, you know, and have that gauge. Yeah. And I love the metrics that they give you, you know. It's one of my pet peeves of regular spin classes when they're like, and turn the dial up. Right, just like it's different for everybody. Yeah. yeah. What is that? So this says, you know, okay, we want your cadence at this and we want, you know, dial up to, to this level of intensity. So I feel like it works with a lot of what I'm always telling my clients, you know, make things easy, make things fun um, and right. do it consistently. Yeah. And, and people get hung up on, you know, it's like, okay, well, it's too expensive to, to eat healthy, for instance. Uh, well, 
what are you spending your money on? You know, it's like people that say that, oh, I don't have time to do that. Well, you, no, you do. You, you just, mm. you, your time is being taken up with other things. And if those other things, if you're, if you're really honest with yourself, if they're more important to you, then, then do those other things, but don't complain Absolutely. about, yeah. about not having time to do something that you, that yeah. you supposedly want to do. And, uh, you know, I really, really, I think that's a really important point to hammer home to everybody. It's about owning your choices. It's the same thing with food. Like, you know, if you want, if you love chocolate and you want a beautiful, you know, chocolate chip cookie or brownie, then own it and right. do it. Because you love it and have a moderate point. But, you know, don't say, well, I had to have that chocolate bar because I let, you know, I'm starving and right. I was out in a like, well, no, you can go to, you know, most grocery stores now you can get like hard boiled eggs in the grocery store, right. pepper, you know, there's lots of things that you could have had. Right. Um, and I'm really, you know, I'm a big believer with all of my clients of just owning your choices. And, you know, if you decided not to work out, I'm actually okay with a client says that to me, but I'm not okay if they say, well, I didn't have time. Right. Even right. Yes. Time, you know what? I prioritized, you know, social time with my friends or I prioritized right. All right. sleep. Or I decided that this time work was more important. Um, you know, the thing with every choice in life is that there is trade-offs, right? right? And, you know, you have to decide what the trade-off is that's more important. And for some people, in some instances, other things are going to be more important. And that's yeah. cool. And that's that's fine. great. Yeah. But own it. Because right. if you don't own it, then you can't uh, make other choices next time or, you know, Right. So you have to kind of be aware. I mean, really, I love the phrase with awareness brings choice. Like you have to be first aware of the choices that you're making. So then you can either decide that you're proud of that choice or that you're going to make another choice next time. Yeah. I used to say this a lot on the show. I hadn't said it in a while, but it's like, I don't care if you want to cross the street blindfolded. Like, I, like to me, if you want to do that, I, I don't that's fine. But just know that you're wearing, like, I just want you to know that you're blindfolded. Like, yes, you know, yeah. like if you, if you, if you open up the thing, you're, oh, it's a busy street and you want to put the blindfold back down and cross the street, more power to you. If that's your thing. But just, I'm just trying to get people to understand like what the context is and then make like, uh, uh you know, uh, an informed decision. decision. Sure. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's like well, the, it's the reason I don't like the, the term cheat meal. I used to use mm -hmm. like that term a lot. And it's like what I tell people now, it's like we already beat ourselves up enough. And so so now we have to like say we're having a cheat meal, which implies that you've done something wrong. Or like this, the term you've fallen off the wagon. No, you ate a chocolate chip cookie. You didn't fall off the wagon. You just you ate a cookie. Like the, your, your whole rest of your week doesn't have to be contingent on whether or not you ate a cookie. Just just yeah. make a good decision. The next decision Absolutely. Like. Yeah. Well, I think it's an important point to distinguish this idea between sort of shame and guilt. And often with people, you know, they shame spiral. So they have the cookie and then they connect the cookie to their self-worth or lack of self-worth. So it allows them to sort of continue to make further less than ideal choices. I, I make the image of a mustard. Uh, ten, can, can, so let's say you put a little bit of mustard on your shirt. You would never be like, oh, well, I poured a little mustard on my shirt. I might as well take this entire bottle and dump it all over. <laughs> right. That's right. ridiculous. Or if you miss yeah. a day of work because you're sick, you're not like, oh, well, I might as well quit now because I was sick one day. Oh, that's so um, good. You yeah. don't understand the idea that the all or nothing thinking is not helpful. But with health and wellness, for some reason, we let ourselves buy into that, right? And yeah. so we're like, oh, well, I had a cookie. I might as well have five. Or I had a glass of wine. I might as well have, you know, another one. Or I missed a workout. I might as well miss another one. Or I can't do my full hour-long workout. So yeah, I might do as well do nothing. Yeah. Well, we fall into this all or nothing. And then we, through that, we really allow ourselves to shame spiral. So it's like, oh, well, I missed this workout. I must be a lazy person. And if I'm a lazy person, I might as well miss another one. Right. Uh, but if you can distinguish the difference between, you know, I had a cookie, that cookie is maybe a less than ideal choice. So that's the behavior. And that's right. the guilt aspect, right? Like guilt can be motivating for some people. Yeah. You know, I wish I didn't have that cookie. Okay. So how do I learn from that? Whereas shame where it, you know, that becomes part of your lack of self-worth and your identity as a lazy slob, then that just causes you to be like, well, I might as well reaffirm right. that I'm a lazy slob and do more of that. So I'm really, that's a lot of Brené Brown's work. On yes. Me. My and, wife is obsessed with Brené Brown. Yeah. She I'm went, a very big, big, big advocate of hers. I love how she just, you know, she talks about guilt and shame and also just the stories that we create in our head and how we yeah. use those stories to justify, you know, really bad behavior or less than less than ideal behavior yeah. and unproductive behavior and and um 
uh, that mindset, that negative mindset. And, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of in, in my most recent book is I actually have a whole section in the book that's sort of an annotated bibliography. And I go through all the books that have really influenced my health, yeah. wellness, nutrition mindset and sort of why they're important. Um, so you can sort of see where, you know, what's built my philosophy. And because I think that often we really disconnect, like we're like, well, either something's a fitness book or either something's a nutrition book or it's a self-development book. Like, you know, Brené Brown's like more self-help. Right. But the thing about it is that knowledge when it comes to health and wellness is not enough. You need to have that mindset to connect the dots between wanting and doing, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's that Derek Sivers quote that if knowledge was enough, we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs, right? right? Like, most of us know what to do with when it comes to health and wellness, you know, right. get more sleep, drink more water, go to the gym. But knowing what to do and actually doing it are two very different things. Right. Um, and that's where that mindset comes in. So I'm, I, you know, I think that that's the thing I'm, I'm most proud of with the book is that I try to really show people that, you know, you can integrate the stuff that you read in something like a Brené Brown with how, with implementing, you know, stuff that you read in, in a fitness book. Right. Yeah. And that's an, like, if you are just going to rely on, like, that's one other thing that people don't take ownership of their own, knowledge like like yes. like read books and yes. like study and and people nobody wants to do that they just want to they and, and you talk about this but hang on like we're gonna talk about your book we're gonna talk about okay. this other thing but like this uh okay i just want you to tell me what to do well if they if this person is telling you what to do doesn't know you then yes. whatever they're telling you isn't may not be necessarily the right thing now hang on so we're going to talk about that but before we do we're 10 minutes okay. in this is how good the conversation's going we're 10 i know i'm just thinking we're uh, like we I, even... I think we're going to need like a five hour conversation <laughs> you're awesome well i was going to say we're 10 minutes in and i haven't even said tell us your story <laughs> like we're oh like, okay. let's go back to the beginning yeah okay we'll go back to the beginning we'll circle back so one of the things i really I think it's important for everybody to note is that I was absolutely not born with an innate, innate motivation to be healthy and fit. Um, my parents divorced. I kind of ate my way through my parents' divorce. I literally would sneak food. I would lie to get out of gym class. I was unhealthy. I was unhappy. I used food to, to sort of quench all of my emotions. Um, you know, I'm six feet tall. And as a 30, almost six year old, I love that. But, you know, when I was 15, and right. I was talking yeah. boys, did not love that. <laughs> um, so I was miserable. And I was a much less happy version of me. And um, finally, what my mom said to me, um, and it was she's actually I she my mother is amazing. She said to me, Listen, Kathleen, being active has to be a non-negotiable, um, but how you decide to be active, that can be up to you. Yeah. And you have never done well with your peers, but you've always done, you've always been more comfortable with adults. So she's like, we're going to get you a membership at the YMCA. Um, you know, and the demographic at the Y is like, everyone's either over like 60 or under like five. Right. Um, and she's like, and you're going to go and you're just going to walk on the treadmill and you're going to set the bar low enough that you can actually achieve it. And the little wins are going to spiral you forward. Um, and that was actually really, it's the premise of a lot of my fitness philosophy and is the premise of my first book, Finding Your Fit, which is just, you have to decide that being active is non-negotiable, but you right. also have to decide that something is always better than nothing. So you have to just make it possible. You have to decide that health is this like big bucket and little drops of health every day adds up. Um, and you have to decide that it's your fit that you have to find, that it doesn't matter what works for your favorite celebrity or your father or your mother or your sister. It only matters what works for you. Um, and you, that can change, right? Like my fit at 17 is different than my fit at, you know, 35, right. which is different than my fit in my twenties when I was, when I was doing like Ironmans and stuff like that. But yeah. it's about not trying to fit a square peg into a round hole that, you know, you can follow the quote unquote best fitness advice you know, for a week or two, maybe even a month or two, but long-term you're not going to stick with it unless you figure out uh, what your fit is. Right. Um, yeah. So it was great. You know, I started walking at the Y and then eventually I started to do some uh, weight training. And then I started actually taking a bunch of aerobics classes and step classes and, you know, 
um, muscle classes and spin. And eventually I took so many classes that the Y said, you know, you should teach this. So <laughs> they actually have this great program where they will teach you how to be an instructor for free. Cause I didn't have any money. Right. Um, but then you have to volunteer. So I did a, you know, I spent my entire high school career volunteering, you know, six ammos at the Y teaching classes. And then I'd go to school and then after school I'd go and do more. And, and that just sort of spiraled into, um, what I decided to do kinesiology for my undergrad, I always thought I was going to be a lawyer. So it was like, Oh, I'll do kin. And then, you know, after that I'll go do law. And now I where, finished. where did you grow up? You said Toronto, oh, you I'm in Canada? Toronto Canada, okay. but my mom is, she was a single mom and she's an actress. So we traveled around to all the little small towns for her to do theater work. So cool. although I was born in Toronto, I lived in, you know, uh, Stratford, Ontario and London, Ontario and Niagara and the Lake and all these little oh, places. Cool. So, but eventually so many people said to me, like, why would you be a lawyer? Like you're good at this. So, you know, I, then I became a Pilates instructor and then a Czech practitioner and fascial stretch therapist. And then I did my master's in exercise science. And then I became a nutritionist and now I'm becoming a life coach and, you know, just sort of spiraled, but I, I can't, I can't say it strongly enough to people who are out there listening that like you don't bite off more than you can chew, like figure out, what you can do today, like right now, you know, maybe it's just get a glass of water while you listen to this podcast, you know, like what is the next healthiest thing that you can do that's small enough that you can achieve it and do that. Right. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean if you're an athlete that you shouldn't have big goals, like obviously tailor it to you. You know, when I was an Ironman, I was training, you know, 25 hours a week and yeah. that was also great. Um, but if I had started when I was, 16 trying to train 20 hours a week i would never have right. started yeah so you know yeah you, and, start. you just have to start so listen to this crazy um similarity between our stories so okay. i was a very uh, uh, uh chunky little kid <laughs> and and i very cute little chunky. i was boy. such a cute little chunky boy <laughs> and everyone would squeeze my my cheeks and stuff and I, when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm sick of this. And I, I had, I, there's all these things that we could get into as far as like people, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say I was bullied or anything, but like people would say, I was bullied. Yeah. So I will say it. I was okay. Bullied. Okay. Well, people would say stuff to me and it make me feel self-conscious. And so, so I was finally like, okay, I'm enough of this. So I went with my grandmother to mm -hmm. the YMCA. What? Yes. And what? like, so we, we, I know, I know when you when you were saying that I was like no way and and the first time I was you like, like marathons and stuff too right? yeah oh yeah so I did seven years of I did an Ironman I did like several half Ironmans and lots of which, marathons which and Ironman did you I do? did the one in the Woodlands down in Houston because I'm oh, I'm I'm awesome. in Texas it was. But Brandy Brown's from Houston. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you, you remember at the Y they used to they give you like the little lap counters for your yeah yeah so I remember I got one of those and I ran like a mile. And they almost like the the YMCA like medic had to like come up. They almost like had to like call a doctor because I was like such about to die, and I like recovered. And that was kind of the beginning of my being active, you know, th through all that. And so I've done. Isn't that a great story? Like you started yeah. not being able to run a mile, yeah, yeah. and then you did like Ironmans and half Ironmans and marathons. Like that's. That's inspiration right. for people out there, right? Like you don't have to be born. I think people look at fitness people like me or you or whatever, and they're like, well, oh, they were genetic. born motivated. Yeah. It must be easy for them. But that's just self-sabotage because if right. you look at people and you think, oh, it's easy for them, it's not easy for me, then it's, that's another reason to just not start. Right. Right. Like you just have to, life is just hard. Yeah. And you know, it's all about learning and growing and evolving and you know, you have to sort of just start. Right. And I love the concept of the, like the small drips over time. Yeah. Like you can't wait until you're 40 and then say, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to, I want to be that guy that when he's 50, who's like jacked. Like, well, sorry. Like it's that guy that was jacked when he was 50 has been lifting weights and like being active since he was eight. Although anybody who's listening, who's 40, that's don't, right. Don't, right, right, right. Don't, don't. Uh, but, if you are, right. if you're 75, if you're 103, right. you start You can get now. benefit, you right. start today, right? Yeah. Like the thing about it is that the now, this moment 
is the only moment we have true control right, over, right? right? Like, yes, you can influence the future, but only with what you do right now. Right, exactly. And I think it's like, it's, it's about managing expectations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Th- there was... uh, you know, realistic expectations are the key to happiness, yeah, yeah. for sure. And they're also the key to success because if you are trying to, you know, if I decided I wanted to be like, Serena Williams, right. right? Like I'm never gonna look like her. I'm never gonna play tennis like her. Right. I'm never, you know, like you. We all have a genetic window, and right. we all have certain lifestyles, um, and we all have certain realities that are possible. So you kind of have to, as my dad would say, you, you know, you you take your genetics and you hit them out of the park. Um, but you know, you work within your genetic window and you try to get to the top of that window, depending on your age and your fitness history right. and. All that stuff. Well, and as far as like how like time works, I I, uh, I worked with a guy at a hospital once who was was being sought after for advice. Uh, there was a, a someone like in their thirties that was like wondering if they should go back to med school, mm-hmm. and, and he said, "Okay, if you go back to med school, like how long is it going to take till you're like a doctor?" And he's like, "Like eight years." And he's like, okay. Uh, how old will you be in eight years? If you go to like you go to med school, how old are you going to be? He's like thirty eight. It's like if you don't go to med school in eight years, how old are you going to be? 38. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, Oh my gosh. Like it's yeah. like time is passing. Like it's, Oh, it's like, totally. yeah. take, take. Well, and time is the only resource we don't get back. Right. Like right. you can't, you can make more money. You can whatever, but you can't make more time and we got to make the most of it. Yeah. You know, again, I'll say how amazing my mom is. So she just turned 66 and she just graduated from, oh, she went cool. back to school um, I mean, she always, she had a master's in theater, but she went back to school to become a psychotherapist and she now has a full practice and, you know, it was that sort of idea. She yeah. turned, it was 59 and she was like, well, in six years, I'll either be 66 <laughs> and a therapist or 66 and, and not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she did it. And I'm so proud of her. Yeah, man, that's but awesome. it really is like, you know, if she had kept putting it off and putting it off. She would never be where she is now. And it was hard work. Um, but you know, when you put a lot of hard work in, you can feel really good about yourself. Right. And another thing, uh, kind of a buzzword or a phrase that I used to say a lot that actually used to be before simply human was a thing. I had a uh, kind of another thing and it was called like, it's never a good time. And the, yes. I- the idea was like, I remember my first, uh, the first marathon I ever ran, it was like in 2006 and I had a buddy that was like my, one of my high school buddies who was very active and, and we played football together and we did a bunch of stuff like that together. And he's like, Hey, let's run the Dallas marathon. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, let's do that. And when is it? It's in December. Okay. Uh, and so I started researching. I was like, oh, there's this like 18-week running plan. So I backed out 18 weeks from the date, and I looked, and it was like football season. And I was working in local media at the time, and football season is the crazy time of year in Texas. And I was like, no, I got to – it's not going to work because like I can't – I won't have be able to dedicate that time during football season. And then I was like, okay, well, I want to run a marathon. So let's see. Where is the perfect 18-week window where I can – where it's going to fit in? Right. It's like, okay. And I've quickly realized like there, there is no 18 week window. So I called him back and I was like, sign us up. Let's do it. Like there's, you know, if you want to do something, you're just going to have to prioritize. You just have to get it done. And so that's kind of what started all, all of my marathon stuff. You told that story in the, in, I listened to the, um, Oh, cool. And yeah. And I love that story. Cause I think it's, I really think it's a great story. And I think it's so true because so and so important to say because so many people wait for the you know perfect week or perfect day to start being active and there is no perfect week there's no perfect day there's only today um and it's just that perfectionism is such a method that we all self-sabotage with in so many ways and i call it negative brain propaganda right and i i think you know, we all just have to get rid of perfectionism. Like, first of all, it's not possible to be perfect. We're, we're human. And thankfully we're human. Like otherwise we'd be robots. Right. Um, or like an elephant or, also, or, like or a elf, zebra right? or something. But yeah. Also like once you can embrace that life is full of, you know, full of falls and that idea of a growth mindset, that Carol Dweck idea of like every experience is the cops are out. there. Right. The cops, oh, yeah, the cops, the cops are, are coming to get you. Run. <laughs> They're like, did you? Yeah. yeah we we oh all make mistakes. And I robbed a bank. And I'm like, no, I'm too tired. I got no jokes for you. I got nothing. <laughs> well, I'm glad Rick, I'm glad Rick isn't on this call because he would be making fun of me because in the show notes, I just typed in Mark retells a story. 
and he always makes fun of me. No, but I am glad you told I haven't told that story probably since that episode. Yeah. Well, no, because I think it's a really important thing for people to hear is that, you know, there's always going to be reasons for you not to start. Always. And if you wait for the perfect day, it'll never happen. But also, going back to what you said about expectations, if you set your expectations for perfection, again, you will always be unhappy with yourself because life, the only thing um that we're as guaranteed is that you know change will occur right and undulations up and down are an inherent part of living uh and if you know if you don't want any undulations like stay in your basement with the covers over your head right Right. like you have to if you're part of life um if you're living you're gonna fall you're gonna you know have to get back up but all going back to that growth mindset like every experience you have is just data for next time and that's one of the reasons why I say to people like, you know, as opposed to being frustrated about the last 10, 15, 20 years of your health life, if you've kind of fallen on and off the horse or whatever, you just have to say, okay, that's not something to be frustrated about. That's something for me to learn. Right, from. right. You know, I can say to myself, like, when have I been the most fit in the past? How do I replicate that? When have I been the least fit? Okay, how do I make sure those things don't happen? Like, it's all about learning from your experiences and then setting up systems um, to sort of save yourself from your future self. But every experience just becomes data. Like, so if you go, you know, at three o'clock, you're out shopping and you're starving and you grab a, uh, you know, a, a chocolate bar, as opposed to belittling yourself with negative self-talk, you say, okay, interesting. I don't want to have that happen again. How do I not make that happen? Oh, right. I carry some almonds in my purse or I carry an apple. Right. Or let's say you do like some emotional eating at night. Okay, so as opposed to getting upset at yourself, you sort of say, okay, well, why did I emotionally eat? Was I lonely? Okay, so maybe next time I call a friend or was I tired? Okay, next time I say to myself, you know what? Just go to bed. But it's or, all- or like, was I starving because I'm, I'm starving myself? Maybe I should eat more healthy food exactly. at dinner. <laughs> yeah, maybe I had my three o'clock sugar craving because I didn't have enough protein and healthy fats at lunch, right? right? But if you belittle and shame yourself, then it leads to more like less than ideal choices. But yeah. if you can grow from it, if you can just learn, use everything as data and experience, then you can change your behavior. Yes. And it's more exciting and it's less demoralizing and it's more, it's also just more empowering. Right. And it goes back to what you said earlier. It's about owning your choices, right? Yeah. Like if you're going to wear the blindfold across the road, like own it and know the repercussions and the trade-offs that you're making yeah. and being aware of your choices and, and just knowing that you're human. I mean, we all, again, it goes back to, I think people look at people like me in the fitness world and think, oh, she never makes a mistake or, yeah. you know, she never eats badly or she never, whatever, whatever. And I just sort of say, well, no, I just, I, I'm human too. I just learn from things. Yeah. My story that I tell over and over again is my story about fudge bars. Like I'm obsessed with these fudge bars, <laughs> the PC fudge bars. And I used to constantly go to the grocery store and I would convince myself, okay, you can buy the bars. You'll just have one. And then I would get home. And of course, I would eat them all <laughs> in an hour. So uh, we're the now, same person. <laughs> yeah, like they're amazing. So what I now do is I always have a box of fudge bars at my mom's house. So if I want one, I go over. Um, and that means I get a visit with her, yeah. which I love. Yeah. And um, I only have one because I'm not going to eat six of them in front of my mom. Like, I'm just not. (laughs) Uh, But I'm not, they're not allowed in my house. And that's just like something I've learned over the years. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, it's just that I've set up that system. So, because I know that future Kathleen will eat six of them. She just Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, I've I've just recently, and I'm 37, have gotten to the point where, like, my wife, who is five foot, 95 pounds, was like a Mm. dancer in college. She... She can eat like a bite of ice cream and be fine, you know, and it's I like, wish I was that person. I, know, I, I, know. Do, that. I do that. <laughs> so I've, I've just now gotten to the point where like, if she buys a little thing of ice cream, I'll just, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> like I used to just, if there was, if it was in there, it was gone. And she would be like, oh, like, I just want to have a bite. Like every night, I just have a little bite and it'll last me for like a month. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> the whole thing yeah. all the way down. But you got to learn from that. that. She yeah. can have like a bite of a shortbread cookie. You know, the thing for me is I've just, I've become very aware of what I call like my red, my yellow and my green food. So yeah. greens like fruits and vegetables, obviously, you know, as much as you want. And yellow are sort of, the, you know, things that I can do those sort of, small bites of and they're okay like my partner James there's food that uh, we have discussed that he's he's sort of quote-unquote allowed to bring in the house that he loves that I don't like um (laughs) 
but things that are my red foods, like my no-gos, they don't come in. So, you know, for example, he, he's welcome to bring in like a mango bar, the PC brand also that that does the fudge bars. I like also does like mango swirl and like orange sherbet. He can bring in those because I don't like them and I won't have them. Yeah. Uh, but he knows no chocolate no ice cream, bars. no fudge bars, <laughs> no chocolate peanut butter ice cream, like none of that right, stuff. Right, right. Oh, uh, because I, I can't, I cannot do it. I, I can't do a bite. A bite turns into three, yeah, yeah. three turns into ten, and ten turns right. into the entire tub. Yeah, and and then, that doesn't mean you're a bad uh, person. That just that is just a, a, no, a, a, it just some, means that I can't. I, I'm not good. I love yeah. chocolate ice cream. Well, that's just like that's some data about you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's just some information. Great mindset. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, yeah. okay, now we, I know that about myself. Now uh, create a context around me that will help me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I create the systems. I create my systems that save myself from my future self. Right. You know, and I do that with everything. Like I'm currently trying really hard right now to um, not snooze my alarm. Oh my gosh. So the system that I have discovered that is working very well is that I set my alarm far across the room and I set it to um, music. So then what happens is when I'm stumbling across the room to turn it off, I start to kind of like wiggle my hips a bit and dance a bit. (laughs) And then by the time I get to the alarm, I'm dancing and I'm not going to go back to bed because I'm kind of dancing. dancing. Yeah. So that works for me. It took me about a month to figure that out, um, but it's working, but it's a, you know, it's everything before I figured this out was data. Right. Right. Um, and and, and so, the things like, as far as setting up your system, I, I, when I talk about sleep, I actually talked to a, a, uh, a group of, uh, social work students at the university here locally today and, and about sleep. And it's like with food, there's a lot of different things you can eat. There's, you got to eat, you know, it's not just like, you know, when you're hungry, you got to eat, right? So there's like a lot of different times you got to make these decisions on what you eat. But yeah. with your sleep environment, once you set up your sleep environment, like it's set, like you, like, like cold and dark room, like yeah. no TV, no computer, like set up your room. It's a sacred sleep space. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, and then it's set, you know, and, and it's the same thing with like behaviors and patterns that you're going to have in the other domains of whether it's your movement, like, like you're going to be more uh, likely to go to the gym if like you spend some time and like put out all your clothes the well, next day so my trick i sleep in my exercise clothes there you go yeah because it's again it's one less thing that's going to keep me from going i'm like well i'm already dressed right. i might as well go i've already spent all that time to getting all that clothes together or whatever exactly. it is yeah you yeah. might as well yeah, yeah. but I, I think the thing about it is that if you can appreciate that the system's will take some time to develop and Mm -hmm. it's kind of make it almost fun like it is an experiment of figuring out what works for you and if it works great keep it and if it doesn't work let it go (laughs) you know don't get discouraged and sort of lean into the process of like learning a little bit about yourself and and getting excited about that like I think that that can be that can be kind of fun if you let it be right Right. there's kind of a funny moment today it's like uh like juniors and seniors in college and and I'm sitting there talking about sleep and I'm like okay ideally you're, you're not you, like an alarm is not waking you up. Like you're mm-hmm. just, you're getting so much sleep that you're just sort of naturally waking up before yeah. you need to do anything. And, and you know, you're in college, like that's, that's just not an option. And, yeah. and so one, one of the, I was like, okay, quit time for questions. And this one girl was like, how did you like transition from like using an alarm to like not using alarm? And I was like, well, it's kind of, it's kind of not fair. Like I had three kids. Yeah, you don't need alarm. So, you got three yeah, alarms. So they, yeah, like, like I, I didn't. I went from a point where like they would wake me up, and now I just kind of now they're a little bit older, and they're not coming to wake me up, and I'm just kind of I got out of the habit of setting an alarm, and I just kind of wake up on my own because I go to bed at a decent time, and I was like, so I'm not saying you need to have kids right now, but it does, <laughs> it definitely helps. <laughs> Well, so I'm, I've actually been doing a bunch of like reading and research on sleep because I have a thing on Wednesday about it. So just one crazy ass stat. Um, if you sleep four hours or less a night, you're 73% more likely to be overweight. overweight. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah, there's I, another. I knew that it was more like, like I knew that they were correlated for sure, but yeah. I never heard that exact stat. Well, and, and it's less than six hours is something like greater than this but 25 percent chance that you'll yeah be. i mean it's all the hormones the ghrelin and the leptin, leptin and, and, that, yeah. um, and you're just much more likely to eat more calories if you're awake for more hours right yeah. and especially if you're not creating as much leptin which is your satiation hormone and you're creating right. more ghrelin which is your hunger hormone and all that stuff but yeah. i was just like 
yeah, sleep's important. Right. Well, yeah. there's another crazy study they did. They took like a bunch of college, young, healthy college students and they sleep deprived them like two, three hours a night for like a week or 10 days. And by the end of the study, all of them were pre-diabetic. Yes. Uh, you know, just, yes. I read that yeah, one as well. For yeah, sure. It's, it's crazy. Like, Golly, yeah. it matters, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, we didn't even get to any of the questions. Um, that okay. I had. We'll just have to do this again. Uh, seriously, we will. And like, that was awesome. So before we go, cause we're coming up on okay. time, talk about your books, talk about where people can find you, like promote all your stuff. Okay. So my website is Kathleen Trotter.com. Uh, and I'd love, I, I know probably a lot of people say this, but I really mean it. I love to hear from people and I will get back to you if you have questions, cool. comments, concerns about anything. Um, I'm K Trotter fitness on Twitter uh, Kathleen Trotter Fitness on Instagram and just Kathleen Trotter on Facebook. And I have two books. The first one is Finding Your Fit. Um, and in that, I sort of break down the what I call the four fitness personalities, the home gym, uh, the home bunny, the, uh, the gym bunny, the competitive athletic bunny, and the busy multitasker. <laughs> and then give examples of each uh, workouts for each personality with the idea of just sort of fitting the workout that you decide to do with your life realities and your personality. Um, And that's, you know, the key to sustainable change is knowing you and doing you. And then my most recent book is your fittest future self. Um, And the basic premise of that is that you have to become an educated mix mix maker. So I, the book is sort of broken down into three parts, your workout mix, your nutrition mix, and your mindset mix. All of them equally as important because your mindset is what allows you to do the workout and the nutrition mix. Um, And I just go through like all the different workouts out there and the different pros and cons to them and all the different diets and pros and cons. With the concept that by the end of it, you can curate a mix that works for you. So you could take a little bit of the pros from this workout and a little pro from that workout and the pro from like, you know, maybe you take the, um, you know, concentration on vegetables from being a vegetarian, but then you decide to take the concentration on healthy fish from the Mediterranean diet or whatever, but you figure out what works for you based on your realities and your goals. Um, and you embrace that the only moment that you have control over is now. And if you want to create a fitter, happier, healthier, more productive version of you in the future, you have to act now right. in this moment, in this day. You know, and I think I'm a really big believer in stoic philosophy. And they yes. have the way that you live this moment is the way you live every moment. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I just read that. Um, yeah. Did uh, you read the Ryan Holiday book? Yeah. Well, the obstacle is the way is great. Yeah. And, then, and then there's the Daily Stoic. Yeah. Um, so I, I just finished the Daily Stoic yeah. and um, wonderful. I really, really enjoyed it. And I've been living, uh, trying to live my life, um, you know, just letting go of what you can't control and embracing what you can control. Um, so, yeah, anyone listening, that's a, that's a... I would definitely put that on your reading list. For we sure. are very, we are very similar. I, I don't want to ask you what you are. had yeah, for. And we're very similar in age. Like you just said, you're 37, right? Yeah. And yeah. I, I was born in 81. So where were you born? 83, 84? 83, yeah. 83. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to say my, my moment of pride, um, I was on the airplane a couple of weeks ago and somebody asked me what grade of high school. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you just started weeping tears of joy. Oh my yeah. I was like, like, you're probably lying and you probably know I'm 35. Uh, Thank you yeah, so That was much. so nice of you. So my wife is 38 and she, like I already, already gave you her height and weight and, uh, which yeah. she would kill me, but she is a, she teaches at a university and, uh, every fall she still gets mistaken. Like, Hey, do you need help finding your classes? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That must just put such a grin on her and it face. U- it used to annoy her. And now she's like, just like, like you were like, oh, bless you. <laughs> it is that. really funny. Like when I started doing personal training, I, I was like 18 and I lied to everybody about how old <laughs> I was because I wanted to be older. older yeah. Right. It's, and then it's funny. Like, I don't know when that switch happens where you're like, no, I don't need to be any older. Right. I'm happy with being <laughs> my age or younger. Like, I don't know. It's like a light switch that happens right. all of a sudden. Right. Like, nope. I don't need to. I don't need this. I still have clients who tease me when I, tell them how old they are because they've been training with me since I used to lie about my age. And they'll be <laughs> like, like are no, you telling the, me the truth? Like, how old are you yeah, really? The math healthy? isn't working out here. You told me you were 25, like uh, <laughs> yeah, 20 years exactly. ago. Yeah. <laughs> Life is a funny thing. Yes. That is, okay, yeah. I have one question and you may have okay. heard this if you listen to the podcast. What is one thing that you enjoy about life or something you do that makes life more enjoyable? And it doesn't have to have anything to do with any of this stuff. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I, 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 um, I think I will say just prioritizing um, t- 
time with friends and family, specifically my partner, James, I am, um, we've been together since high school. Wow. Um, and I'm a very type A personality and I really value um, work. And, you know, I put a lot of effort into my, my work. It's my passion. Um, I also put a lot of effort into my exercise and in my twenties doing my Ironmans and stuff. And um, I think what I realized from, you know, um, listening to Brené Brown and all that kind of stuff is that, you know, busy can be an addiction um, and a way to sort of escape from, you know, dealing with stuff and that people are really what is important in life. And I think for the longest time, I didn't value the sort of, basking in the joy of just spending time with somebody that you love and I would have sort of felt that it was a waste of time a little bit like I don't know if I can't like I don't know if I would have said it out loud but I always really felt like the the productive time was really busy time Um, and um, so lately after reading a lot of you know different books and and just thinking I you know we make time every week for each other and just to do, you know, playing cards in the backyard right. or, you know, putting on music and dancing around. We have the, the Ed, Ed Sheeran song, perfect, yeah. you know, play that because we like in the song we met when we were in high school and, and I, my relationship with him is so much better, but I'm also just so much more full of joy. And it also just means that I'm better at my job because I get that rest. And, right. and um, I think that, sort of, I guess what I've embraced is that just like, you can't work out 24 hours a day, like yeah. just as recovery is so important for workouts and being right. stronger, like you will get weaker if you work out 24 hours right. a day. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I've embraced that with life that like a full, well-rounded balanced life, yeah. you know, it, it, you can't just be working all the time, no matter how much you love, you know, your work. And right. it's important to make the people that you love in your life feel loved and as Brené Brown would say like love is not a word it's a practice so mm-hmm. I guess what gives me joy lately is really trying to practice love like not just say that I love my friends and family but actually you know show them that I love them right oh I love that yeah like we are outsourcing relationships with Facebook and with all these things that we just rely on technology to to do stuff for us and it's kind of one-on-one like intentional interpersonal yeah. relationships uh if if we don't really start focusing on that uh stuff uh we're we're all in big trouble <laughs> i completely completely agree yeah. on so many levels kathleen this has been awesome you are awesome uh we need you to have awesome. you well no you're awesomer we need to we need to have you back on uh totally. maybe and like around your birthday Toronto, you we should go for a run together oh my gosh yeah that would be awesome oh is our mountains up there we can mountain bike <laughs> uh, there's not that many mountains yeah, I don't know like what I'm not uh, geography well, there are hills <laughs> we, can, we can there are some hills we well can, we can if I can bike. if I can mountain bike in the uh in the plains of West Texas we'll we'll be able to find some some uh, a rock or we something we can find some fun <laughs> yeah, there yeah, are right. places that people would call like Halton Hills has some nice mountain yeah. biking cool. it's, they're, they're more like little little <laughs> schools Oops, or something. Yeah. I don't know. I know. It's not, it's not a hill bike. I guess that's what I have. I have a hill bike, technically, yeah. unless I take it to Colorado or something. So awesome. Well, Kathleen, this has been awesome. I really, really appreciate your time. And I will let you know when this goes um, goes up. It should be later on this week. Fantastic. All right. We'll talk to you soon. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Time travel talk. We did not actually interview her just now. We're interviewing. I'm interviewing her in a week. Yes, you have. I will be. I will be. My keynote activity of the year. Are you giving the speech? I'm giving a speech. <gasps> Rick, yes. Will you give us your speech, speech on the podcast? I mean, it's, I mean, it's a com- It's like a three day conference. I'm doing like a thirty minute, like uh, several times a day or something. No, just once. Literally, just one time. Oh. Can you do it for the podcast? Uh, if you'd like to be bored with the, well, I mean, I'm never bored with the intricacies of Texas juvenile law. We're Have you watched Abducted in Plain Sight? one of the Texas Family Code, talking about first offenders programs and chapter 58 of the Texas Family Code, juvenile records uh, rules. You do, a, you do important work. I'm not making any jokes. Uh, I can give you my presentation if you'd like. Well, maybe we'll do that, uh, or maybe not. No, um, did you, have you watched Abducted in Plain Sight yet? No, and well, okay. Oh, time travel talk. My, I am actually Lord. planning on watching this uh, in my downtime at the conference. It, it, we watched it last night. 
Is it a movie or is it a it's series? A, no, it's a 90-minute documentary, okay. and okay. it's over. I, and you okay. I feel will, like especially I'm the only person. I've heard nothing about this whatsoever. Oh, my god! Uh, I heard one segment on the radio, uh, the station that we listen to, but I caught just a little bit of it, and I have no – it's just some weird stuff. Yeah. It, That's all I know is a bunch of weird stuff. Especially, happening. like, you having the job that you do, this is going to – yeah, I, I'd be interested to hear after you watch it. I want to talk about it because I want to hear your take on it. Oh well, Jiminy. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's insane, and I will just say this, Rick. It's just kid stuff. <laughs> okay, that's the part that I do remember <laughs> from hearing this segment on the radio, and I heard it in the background, and I was like, "What is he talking about?" Yeah. What? Yes, he is. Okay, so that's going to be next week, or not next week, but two weeks when we record for Maggie Downey on March fourth. Um, we're going to talk about your thoughts on Abducted in Plain Sight. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Okay, I will watch it. So that is going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. Was rather abrupt. And remember, and I have to say, okay, bravo. Really? Yes. So until next time, it's just kid stuff. <laughs>